we need to provide our employees with the tools so they can be successful. That ultimately gets into the customer experience and that's what repeats that business coming back to us. What's up, Zach Oates here, author, entrepreneur, and customer relationship guru. Welcome to Give an Ovation, growth strategies for restaurants and retailers, where we find industry leaders to share their secrets to grow your business. This podcast is sponsored by Ovation, the actionable guest feedback tool that works on or off premise and is easy, real time, and actually drives revenue. Learn more at OvationUp.com. Welcome to another edition of Give an Ovation. I am joined today by Dave Dittenberg. He's got a name and a face for the movies. That's right. But he's also the founder of BYOD, a restaurant AI company. And with over 24 years of restaurant operations and investment experience, there is nothing artificial about this guy's intelligence and hospitality. He's a great guy, awesome customer, good friend. Dave, thanks for joining us on Give an Ovation. Zach, thanks. Thanks for having me, man. It's great to be here with you. The, and, you know, I feel like you need to be a little bit more high energy in the open. If, if I know. I sorry. Sorry. I'm, I feel a little bit under the weather today. So that's why I'm a little <laughs> low energy. Thanks for having uh, me. <laughs> so first of all, tell us a little bit about BYOD. Yeah, BYOD. And again, I'm an operator by, by trade, by heart. You know, I've been in the business for 30 years, started in a dish pit, right? So if you would have said, artificial intelligence and machine learning would have been in my future. I would have thought, you know, said you were crazy, but uh, BYOD, the whole idea was being able to take uh, technology that usually seems to be so intimidating and not available to operators and putting it in a way that we can use it to assist us to run our operations better. So bring your own data, you know, your, uh, my, my combination of data is usually different than the the other restaurant down the street, right? Point of sale cameras, any of the IoT that comes together. And we wanted something that was very agnostic, right? That could come in and really take all that information in and be able to allow the operator to kind of control that information and make decisions with it. And how did you, how did you start this? So it being in Midland, I, I was around a lot of um, technology people, uh, from the Dow Chemical Company. So, you know, we would do these entrepreneurial, you know, uh, sessions where we'd run around with people and I was on the hospitality side and we would talk about things in our respective industries that, you know, were just frustrating. And so uh, Frank Loikes, who's our co-founder and just one of the most brilliant guys I've ever met, Frank was this architect. He was chief architect at Dow. And so I was talking to him about some of the operational issues as, you know, uh, as a restaurateur that I encounter, um, Frank had a little bit of an advantage because he also was, was a customer at my restaurants in the, in the region. So the first time I ever met him, he was sniffing a bottle of scotch behind the bar. I'm like, who's this guy, you know? And so anyway, at this brainstorming session, we started talking a little bit about, you know, how things we would only find out about things, you know, kind of at the P and L meetings three months later. Right. And, you know, that we needed to identify problems. So Frank kind of, you know, took me on a crash course of architecture and technology and, you know, project management and would walk me through these little intricate details. And uh, we kind of started putting together some of these models and, you know, algorithms that could really help us from an operational level, right? And so started to test them in the restaurants and talk to other operators about them. And they're like, well, do you think this is something scalable that you could do? And we said, yeah, we, we, we think that's the thing. So we kind of started in that, you know, entrepreneurial thing and took it to an MVP and have been testing it over the last 
you know, 18 months in some of our restaurants and some of the colleagues. So that's, that's kind of the, how it, how the inspiration turned to, or turned to commercialization. Interesting. That's awesome, man. Now I, I know Dave, one quick thing before we, we jump too far into restaurants, you know, that, that bio that I read, that was, you know, about a quarter of what's on your LinkedIn profile right now. I mean, you, you've got a lot of things going on. You're doing, doing a ton of different stuff. So I, I just want to get your uh, thoughts on time management. What advice do you have on time management? How do you juggle all these different responsibilities that you have? I have a, you know, and again, uh, kind of this entrepreneurial journey for me started 1997, right out of, you know, right out of college, uh, went to school to be a doctor, got accepted to medical school, and then basically told my parents, hey, I don't want to do this. I want to go back into hospitality. And they're like, you've got to be kidding me, right? Every parent's dream. I don't want to be a doctor. I want to work in restaurants, right? Exactly, right. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And uh, the reason I say that is, is um, we we built a phenomenal team over the last, you know, 25 plus years and uh, people that have been with me the whole time. So as I kind of advanced out in, in different opportunities, we would promote up and bring in the right people. And so, you know, we've just been able to build a tremendous leadership team that uh, really has grown along with the different organizations and uh, people that we continue to, to work with and, and uh, bring new people on. So to me, the time management piece, obviously, I think, and I'm sure you could relate to this, the biggest time management piece was, you know, taking the business pieces and then trying to, uh, meld that in with your family stuff. Right. I mean, that was when when we started to have kids and, you know, coaching basketball teams and all that kind of stuff, that was the hardest. But I think for me, the business piece is it's a passion and I love it, but also just trying to get into a, a mode, if you will, to be really prepared. And, you know, my schedules are very, very laid out because if they're not, I know that I'm not the, uh, by trade, wasn't the most organized person. So I, you know, again, between, team, my wife keeps me in line. And then, you know, my group here that, uh, that has, has kept me kind of on the right path, you know, so that that's kind of, I guess, if there is a, a secret to success, which probably they would have a much different opinion, that's been it. Love that. Yeah, I, Cause it really is. It is a group effort. As one of our investors likes to say is, is it always takes a village, right? And yeah. working together, I think that the success as you come together, it's a lot more likely as you get different input from other people and as you help uh, and other people help you stay on track. Right. And, and speaking, speaking of that, if you were to go back and give yourself some advice, go back 30 years ago when you were starting off in the restaurant industry, what are some things that you wish you knew then that you know now? You you know, I was with a guy, one of my mentors this morning, we have coffee once a month and, and we actually were talking about, he had sent an article this morning, which was basically about being able to take feedback, right? And, and you know, he's, it was a great article, but the point behind it was, I don't, you know, much like you, I mean, you're in the entrepreneurial space and you're running and jumping and you're doing things. Um, I wish I would have listened more when I was younger, right? Mm-hmm. And I wish I would have reached out to mentors much earlier, uh, probably because it would have saved me a lot of time and money and mistakes, right? Because the the people that are experienced, right? They, they've been through all this stuff before. And, and I wasn't necessarily cut out of this business cloth, if you will. So, you know, not a lot of formal training. Um, and so I really wish that I would have listened more and I would have reached out to mentors. And so when I talk to, you know, young leaders and people that are in there, you're always trying to, that's one of the things I tell them. And, you know, they give you the, yeah, right, man. You know, I, 
I, I and you know, it, it's kind of the nature of this, you know, type A uh, business we're in. But I, I would say that would be the the main thing: mentorship and reaching out and uh, and listening a little better. I, I love that. I think that it's so important not just to find mentors, but to find the right mentors, right? If and I think that that's something that I learned. I went through an accelerator program and it was, and for those who don't know, an accelerator program is like, you know, they, they'll bring in anywhere between 10 to a hundred startups and they run you through a program to help you, uh, you know, give you the highest likelihood of, to succeed. They give you some money, they introduce you to investors. And one of the things I learned there is if I went to 10 mentors and asked them the same question, I would get 15 different answers and because everyone has such a unique experience. And so what you need to do is find that mentor who, or those mentors who fill the gaps that you know, and then maybe a couple to help you find some more of those gaps, you know, but I think that being, being strategic about your mentors and not just, Hey, here's someone who's older, but are they the right, are they the right kind of older? Have they had the right experiences? And I think, but, but absolutely like that, the, necessity to listen to mentors just as much as to customers, I think is so critical. I love that idea. Yeah. It's, and, and again, I think your experiences in that accelerator kind of mimic, you know, the, some of the experiences I had, you, you had people were, would try to talk, you know, you try to listen um, and you try to hear and, and get that message, but you needed to have that connection. Right. And, and again, it's uh, each one of those interactions are different. Right. And you mentioned the customer interaction, which I think is, such a unique situation in the restaurant business right now, just from where I started to where it is today. Um, and it's just really important to keep an open mind, right. To, to try to make sure that you're listening to the right things that happen at the right times, you know? Yeah. Now in terms of, in terms of your restaurants, I'd love to learn a little bit more about that. What are you doing right now? That is um, when you look at your restaurants, what do you think about off-prem? Is that, is that something that you're doing? Are you not doing it? Do you like it? What's what's your thoughts on off-prem? You know, I, I love it. Um, and I will tell you, it's it's just again, look at the news today. It's everything is changing like on a seemingly minute-by-minute basis with new variants and all that kind of stuff, right? And so um off-prem business for us, um, especially being from uh an area that's somewhat corporate was really good for us, right? And a lot of the entertainment and things that went on from uh, in the area have changed a lot, right? Because a lot of those people aren't traveling. A lot of that business isn't there um, from a corporate standpoint. Um, But, you know, which is totally opposite because that was a big percentage of our business. Now off-prem being, you know, we used to do 8% of takeout and, you know, it was up to 100% at one point, but, you know, totally different experience. Um, What what are you at now, by the way? What's that? What are you at now in terms of your split? We stayed about 25%, which has been huge for us, right? You know, we actually, in our leadership meeting this morning, we reached 2019 sales goals, right, this year and, and going into December, which we thought was amazing given the amount of time we've been shut down and so forth. Um, and to me, um, the off-prem business, we've been working with the Next Bike crew and a group from Detroit uh, doing some more virtual concepts and all different type of business. But I mean, if you don't adjust to that, right now and give the customer a quality experience. I I think that's, you have to be in that space now, right? Which again, if you would have told me again, being from hospitality, how do we create an experience, you know, by serving food in a takeout box, you know, my answer two years ago to what it is now, it's, that's just an integral part of the game. So what, what 
are some of the most important aspects of guest experience that you're seeing nowadays? Well, you know, I, I will tell you that um, ovation is a good one um, and, and a good solution towards something that the guest experience is something that you can interact with the person immediately, right? Like if they have a bad experience and again, dealing with low, you know, the, the labor issues that we're dealing with, um, things can get missed now, right? That maybe if yeah. you had full staffs and so the ability to really create that um, seamless interaction, right? And then ultimately have the communication with them to get feedback at the right time versus, you know, kind of like the BYOD man. I don't need to know about it a month from now. I need to know when that, you know, customer doesn't get the portion size they want or didn't have the experience and feel like, oh my gosh, like that's fantastic that you guys are actually responding. Um, and again, in our leadership meeting this morning, we had one that was a win back, you know, somebody that was upset. We responded within minutes, you know, you, you gain a customer for life by being able to do that. So to me, that seamless connection and that, you know, and that's what you want to do in hospitality. That's what we've been trained to do, but sometimes it's hard. And I think given the current circumstances, it's much more difficult. I, and again, kudos to you guys for coming up with something that is so real time and so pertinent because it's really, um, I think done a lot for our business. Hey, well, appreciate that, Dave. And, yeah, you know, one thing though is, you know, you talked about the labor shortage. What do you think about adding technology when there is a labor shortage, when you don't have enough people? Is technology hurting or helping that labor shortage problem? I think 100% helping. Um, I think, and again, as part of the inspiration for BYOD, the whole idea was, you know, and again, I think robotics and automation and all those things are great too. So I, 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 think there's a place for everything. But for me, augmentation is always, you know, coming from my background with Outback as a trainer, right? I always believe that, you know, we need to provide our employees with the tools so they can be successful. That ultimately gets into the customer experience. And that's what repeats that business coming back to us. And I believe, and again, that was the inspiration behind BYOD. How can we give reminders, tools, things at the appropriate time to ensure that people are, you know, changing behavior or being able to identify things that they normally couldn't identify. Right. Um, and, and again, to me, that's a perfect use of technology, right? Not, and, and again, I'm not an anti-automation guy, but you know, when I see trays out in the middle of the floor and all that kind of stuff, which I think is a great idea, you still need to figure out how you're going to get that food to the guests, right. And keep that. Right. That, and, and to me, um, I think that if you can use technology in the way that is, you know, really helping people, not just at that moment, but allowing them to be better over time, I think that's what, that's what really is going to be the best use of technology. And just a question on Ovation. Do you feel like Ovation net net is making your manager spend, uh, is it saving them time or is it taking time? No, no, it's save, definitely saving time. Again, just the idea of having something that is delivered in a way that feels like it's something that they're doing in their normal day-to-day -day operations, right? I mean, it's, and I have to tell you, I've seen a lot of tools um, in, you know, whether it be review sites or things like that, that are just very difficult to manage in a, in a normal manager setting versus something that you need to have access to that customer immediately. And again, I've seen it in uh, off-prem and I've seen it in on-prem because, you know, the whole idea of QR codes being, you know, is embraced in the restaurants, like the amount of people that we've caught internally over, Hey, I didn't get a pickle 
or I didn't do something. So the managers appreciate that, you know, that actionability, right? Something that is, hey, you know, this table is having this problem. I can go there right now and fix it um, versus, hey, I have to go run a dashboard report and figure out what was wrong or go, you know, access something through a different site. So no, it's saving them time. And, and again, to me, that's the type of technology implementation that is the most successful for the management right now, because again, a lot of them are, are under-experienced, right? Or inexperienced, however you want to call that. Um, and, and you need to bring as much of that to them in a way that they can, you know, grasp and action it immediately. And, and that, that's where I think Ovation has been very, very key to our business and something that we're, try, we're starting to promote even more, right? To, to encourage people to not just the times that are, they need something, but hey, give us feedback so we can, you know, feel like we're more connected to you. And there's a way for us to, to get that business uh, more, I guess, more consistently, right? Um, so yeah, the, the managers have been very, very positive. Awesome. What, what are some successful things that you've seen or tried lately with your restaurants? You know, I, I mentioned the QR-based QR anything. I was the biggest, like, you know, menus and things like that. People willing to go in and participate in even, you know, customer comment cards and things like that. Um, those have all been, uh, I think, really good for us to have some, some direction, right? And to be able to have some measurable things we can improve on. Um, I, the ghost kitchen virtual concept things ha, has been really good for us. And, and uh, again, needed for us, I think, as to, to really be relevant, you know, after post pandemic, if you will, because we were in a, a pretty traditional model. Right. And, and again, um, we grew and we were always customer centric, which we were all, always very proud of. Um, we used to kind of have a negative I don't want to say negative. That's not the right word, but we always used to be a little bit like, Hey, we need to be the ones that are, you know, they're at the table taking care of people. And that dining model has changed. So right. um, we've really, um, you know, adjusted. I, there's been some really cool things like in packaging, right. That I think have just been, you know, made the experience a lot better. So um, for me, I think those in terms of the dining experience, but again, I love like, you know, some other tools that we've worked, we've worked with Ovation, Targetable is a really fun one. Like we're not marketers, right? But we're able to do things like that. The marquee guys that are making us consistent across, you know, platforms has been huge for us. So I think all those things have been really good for us from a technology point of view. Awesome, Dave. Now, who deserves Ovation in the restaurant industry today? Who should we be following? Well, the first thing are all the workers, right? I mean, you know, the, the workers that have been there um, and just have dealt with um, all the things that we've all dealt with over the last 18, 19 months. And it appears that we're not getting out of that anytime soon. Um, so the workers and just the people that have stuck it out and, you know, worked countless amounts of hours and dealt with all kinds of different changes. And it, I, my hat goes off to them um, from being... Uh, a server and working in the kitchens most of my life. Um, that there's been a lot of people that have just—it's been really difficult. And and my hat goes out to anybody who's been in the restaurant industry. We've really worked a lot with the the National Restaurant Association, the state restaurant associations. Uh, I think they've been giving us a lot of information to be able to ensure that we had what we need and advocating for us. I, I really feel like they've done a great job and specifically here in Michigan, like the 
Michigan Restaurant and Lodging Association and some of their education department, Amanda Smith and Justin Winslow, have been amazing and, and just really appreciate all they've done for us here in Michigan. Cool. Um, yeah, they've, they've done a great job. We had on L, uh, Dr. Emily Williams Knight, and she's uh, phenomenal and just one of those one of those leaders who's holding that torch to shine the light for all of us to, to help us know how to navigate these waters. So absolutely. I think they've done a great job. Yeah, um, Emily's brilliant, by the way, too. It doesn't get any better than that, right? Her, they're just, they're, they're, they're leaders and you said it, she's just an unbelievable leader. Absolutely. So Dave, how do people find you, follow you or your brands? So the uh, downtownrestaurantinvestments.com uh, is the website with the, all the restaurant brands. BYOD.ai um, is the website. The Instagram post is BYOD or Instagram spot is BYOD and then LinkedIn for DRI or BYOD. So that, that we, we, we're, we're trying to get to be better uh, e-marketers as well, Zach, which, you know, we're all learning together that old dog, new tricks. We need to get better at it, but you know, getting there. Awesome. Well, Dave, not, for uh, not just being a great guy, but for being a great problem solver and for leaving the medical space to heal our data problems. Today's ovation goes to you. Thanks for joining us on Give Innovation, Dave. Thanks a lot, Zach. Thanks for having me. Thanks for everything you do too, man. Appreciate it. Hey, appreciate you. Glad you're with us today and thank you. Thank you to the risk takers, the troublemakers, the crazies who are keeping this world clothed and fed. You're the ones who deserve an ovation. Again, this podcast was sponsored by Ovation. To see how we can help you grow your business, go to OvationUp.com. Don't forget to subscribe. And as always, remember to give someone in your life an ovation today.